Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, our three getting underway here at Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Nate Gary, Corey Griswold headed to the West Her Hotline now. Marcel Louis-Jacques of ESPN. He covers the Dolphins now. Uh, Marcel, first and foremost, I, 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 I made sure that I blocked off like the first five to seven minutes of this conversation to strictly talk about food. Um, so we will do that. And I just wanted to let you know that like we're not going to talk any football until until you work through some of the pictures you've been sending me. You sent me a burger with two different kinds of cheeses on it yesterday. And I just have to know, like, how is the cuisine? Now, I know you're not like enthralled in it. You're not you're not completely dug in around the cuisine in Miami quite yet. You haven't been there long enough, but like so far, you know, what, what, what have you lost, but what have you gained down there? I know you've lost chicken wings, but what have you gained down in Miami and South beach? I I mean, the, again, accessibility, um, diverse options, depth. I think depth is important here. Like Buffalo has a lot of good food. Don't get me wrong. But I, I think I can go to a new restaurant every day for the remainder of my contract and only scratch the surface in this city. It's wild. This is also one of those like one of those cities that you know Uber Eats and DoorDash and stuff was like really made for. Because I can go, I can order, go downstairs and walk my dog, and then come up and in some cases the food will already be at my doorstep. Like, that's the kind of convenience. I, I would say that's the kind of convenience you can't buy, but you, you literally are buying it. Uh, <laughs> it, it. It's awesome, man. Like, I haven't really been out to eat much. I went to a spot uh, called Moxie's in Brickle a couple nights ago. Uh, just, like, I'm running out of clean clothes, so I, I, I grab a uh, Blue Jays jersey. And I, I swear, man, like, every other manager stops. and's like, hey, man, you from Toronto? Hey, you, you from, where are you? You know, you, we're doing well this year. It turns out Moxie's is like a Canadian restaurant. Uh, like, never heard of that. I've never heard of a Canadian restaurant before, but I found one in Miami. So the poutine was incredible. Uh, the steak fries were they did look spectacular. Bomb. Yeah, they looked bomb. Um, and then the burger last night, man. So I just moved into my new apartment or condo, I guess I got to call it. New condo yesterday. 
And, I mean, I, I it, it is eye-level boxes as far as you can see in here. Um, all I have is my couch set up with the ottoman and a TV. So I was like, all right, man, like, I'm tired. I just want something quick to eat. I found this spot. It's called Berta Burger. Like, okay, I'm, I'm intrigued. You get your options. You know, what do you, you – what protein you want, what, uh, you know, what, what vegetables and toppings and, and spread. So, you know, I threw some arugula on there, threw a tomato, tossed some garlic aioli on as well. It's like, all right, we're, we're setting up kind of nice. This is uh, it's looking like a good burger. And then what really messed me up, dude, it says, now choose your melty cheese. Melty cheese. I said, excuse me. Mm. Excuse me? So it comes with the cheddar standard, and then you can choose another layer of cheese to melt on top of it. So, of course, I, I went with the queso de planchita, and uh, my, my goodness, man. Like, I, I, there's no way. I somehow stayed under, like, 220 in Buffalo across <laughs> two years. There is no way. There is no way, man. I'm, I'm, I'm growing out at this point in my life. Yeah, I hear you, bro. Listen, as long as you're happy, that's that's what I that that's actually what I've been telling myself as I continue to just you know spend money and gain weight. It's that by the way, those are mutually exclusive. Uh, the more money on food you spend, you should just absolutely expect on the other end of that uh, for the scales to be up as well. But listen, um, before you make me any more hungry, I have to transition into some ball talk because there is kind of a lot at play this week, man, and and. I hate being the guy that talks about the NFL, talking about must wins in week two of an NFL season, but it sort of feels like if Buffalo loses this game, they drop two to AFC opponents, start 0-2, and then you have the Dolphins starting 2-0 in this division. That could be a really hard uphill climb for the rest of this season. I, 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 I might stop short of must win, but it would certainly be a really tough loss for the Bills at this juncture, even though it's only week two. Yeah, I mean, you, you hate saying things like must win and have to have it in, in this early in the season, but the fact of the matter is there's special circumstances. Uh, majority of the teams, vast majority of the teams that start 0-2 do not make the playoffs. Uh, and not only are you falling 0-2 to AFC opponents, and not only are the Dolphins 2-0, they're 2-0 against AFC East teams specifically. So they're halfway to the tiebreaker already. So it's... Uh, it's not a good look for Buffalo to lose this game, but you know it, it's still it, it is a scenario that is kind of hard to to imagine right now. Buffalo losing this game just based on how these past six matchups have gone. Josh Allen would be six and zero against the Dolphins if Charles Clay didn't drop a touchdown. So, and they're very aware of that down here. Dolphins fans are quite aware of that. Uh, you know, it, you know, every every fan base has its its delusions. And uh, I was kind of impressed almost or, you know, by the maturity of this fan base to say, like, guys, stop calling out national writers for predicting a Bills win. Like, we've done nothing to prove that we deserve to be predicted to get a dub. So it's, uh, the, the Bills have a little – the Bills, you know, they're – I don't know if it's free, but they definitely have, they definitely have some property down there. You know, Marcel, I, I look at this this Miami Dolphins team, and I look at that game last week, and I think it's hard for me to totally get on board with, okay, they beat the Patriots, I get it, but it, it felt like they backdoored their way into a win. And, and I think what a lot of people wanted to see was Tua to sort of get the monkey off his back, so to speak, that Steve Young monkey off his back, and, and, and put up a really good game against a Bill Belichick coach defense. I think I'm going to stop short of him saying that, like, he won that game for the Dolphins, 
I I want to almost get to a point where I say he almost lost it without a Damon Harris fumble. What did you see from Tua last yeah. week that 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 maybe you saw a little bit of the, of what exactly why there are Tua believers out there that say this is a franchise quarterback, this is a guy that you can win with, and on the equal on, on the flip of the coin, the other face here is he looked exactly like the guy and gave ammunition to people like me who continue to say this is not that caliber of a player. Like I think you saw a little bit of both in that game, right? Yeah, I was about to I was about to interject before you said it. No, he I, I would never say that he won them that game. And matter of fact, I, I'm of the camp that the Dolphins probably should have lost on the heels of that interception there in the fourth quarter. It was an awful interception. And he said after the game, you know, kind of uh you know, he 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 wore it, he owned it and said, Yeah, I'm I'm trying to throw that away and that's not quite what happened. Man, you've got to either be able to say die before that or you've got to have you got to be able to muscle that ball out of bounds, and he just left it hanging. It, it didn't. It didn't have enough juice to get to the sideline, and that's kind of a concern. Um, even if you know he was doing his best, kind of Josh Allen impression, where he he was extending the play, uh, he 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 broke out of a couple sacks, but uh, just off balance, off kilter, he just didn't have the it didn't have the juice to get. Um, but yeah, you you did see, and this is why this is often kind of reminds me of that 2019 Bills team with, the, with an excellent defense and an offense under a microscope, quarterback specifically under a microscope. So it gave a little bit of, of credence to, to each side. Uh, during those first drives of the first quarter and the third quarter when they're running RPO hurry-up offense, he looked excellent. He looked comfortable. He looked decisive. He looked sharp. And, and you say, okay, this is the quarterback. Like They might be able to do some things with this offense. But then in between that time, it was just stall drive after stall drive. There were missed throws. There were throws that, you know, it, 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 just, it was a lot of checkdowns, and that might have just been the game plan against the Patriots, a, a defense that likes to keep the game in front of them. And granted, didn't have Will Fuller, who's supposed to be able to stretch this, you know, stretch the defense a little bit for Miami and uh, and add that vertical element to the offense. But uh, it, I, I would need to see I would need to see more from Tua. And and at the same time, though. The way I, I'm viewing him is he's basically a rookie to me. Hmm. Uh, you know, while we did see we did see Joe Burrow and we did see Justin Herbert really thrive uh, right away. You know, as soon as they got starter starter snaps uh, last season, Tua's coming off that just really debilitating hip injury. Uh, he's got no he had no uh, no full training camp, no OTAs in off season. Uh, I, I think it was uh, I think it was asking a lot to expect him to come out and be the guy that uh, you know the, the guy that you saw at Alabama, but uh, but this year there's no there are no excuses there's no handicap for him you know there's no uh, there, there's no long lease for him They're, they gave him the keys to the car and we'll see if he if he drives it or if he runs it into a if he runs it into a lamppost. <laughs> Marcel Louis-Jacques here of ESPN covers the Dolphins on the Western Hotline. Marcel, um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the run game last week. As a uh, as a heavy investor in Miles Gaskin, um, I was expecting to see maybe a little bit more volume um, from him, and, and I think that goes both ways as volume running the football but also as a pass catcher. And we'll get into the Mike Gusecki phase of this question as well here in a minute. What do you make of this team's – running back room like is this I think for the most part people would probably say 
they're one of the weaker rooms in the league. Um, that's if you don't really believe in Miles Gaskin. I do happen to like and believe in Miles Gaskin and think, you know, when he does get the volume touches that he can produce. He just didn't see that in week one. Is that a result um, or a product of, of maybe what what New England was doing defensively? And, and do you expect him to be a bigger piece to the game plan, especially moving forward without with these question marks around Will Fuller's presence? Yeah, we cannot discount the impact that the Patriots defense had on Miami's game plan last week. And not only did it keep them from really pushing the ball downfield, but uh, that, that defensive line, that front seven, really made it hard for them to get much push in, in the run game. But the good news is Gaskin took a lot, like a, a lion's share of the, excuse me, of the snaps uh, running back. He looks well ahead of Malcolm Brown and Saban Ahmed. Even though we did see this kind of weird back-to-back wildcat formations at a at a Brown and Ahmed, so you know, be on the lookout for that come Sunday. But uh, because of his his prowess in the passing game, I, I, I think that Gaskin is still a guy, specifically in fantasy. I think he's a guy to to trust. I think he's still the guy to to hang on to. Um, and, and he looked so sharp this preseason. He looked like a guy who who had firm command of. Even if it was going to be a committee, he looked like the leader of the pack. So uh, I, I still think he's the guy. I'm not sure how much that run game gets going come Sunday. Uh, it kind of depends on either star little Lele plays for Buffalo and uh, and what the game flow of, of, of the contest is. Because if the Bills get up two scores, Dolphins can't be running the ball. You know, They, they can't give Gaskin 20 carries. I don't think they can afford to do that. I think in an ideal world, they get this run game going, they play ball control, and they keep the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. Because as of right now, they're no they're no readier for a shootout than those 2019 Bills were, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So it, it really comes down to this defense's ability to to limit scoring opportunities for Buffalo. Because there is no there is no Ryan Fitzpatrick. This year, and you saw a very stark difference between these Dolphins teams in Week Two and Week Seventeen. In Week Two, it's faster through for 328 yards and two scores, and then the run game on top of that averaged four and a half yards a carry. So they, like they, they kind of worked in junction together, and without that downfield passing game, two it still threw for like 360 yards in Week Seventeen, but it was a lot of garbage time yards, and it, it, nobody cares how many yards you throw for when you're down you know, 31 to six or whatever the halftime score was. I, I don't think I'm exaggerating by that much. Yeah, that, that, that's a fact. And I think that can, that can get a little blurry when you're talking, when, when you're in the context of trying to determine and look at a stat line and determine, you know, whether or not somebody's played a good game. I think that that can blur those lines a lot. The other guy, Marcel, I, I was interested in asking you about was Mike Isecki. And, you know, this is a player that I think yeah, – particularly with a guy like Tua, has a lot of value. And I was talking to Joe Marino of the Draft Network and Locked on Bills, and I thought he said it well. At this point in his career, Mike Gusecki is a slot receiver. He's a big slot. He's a liability in the blocking game, and that's maybe why you saw his his snap percentage. I mean, this was a guy that played just over 35% of the snaps last week. Like, that's not a number one tight end in the NFL. Like, is this is this a player you expect to see have a bigger role in this game plan against the Bills than we saw last week? You know, there are people down here who believe the Dolphins uh, fade guys in contract years in order to, to lower their, uh, you know, in, in order to get the best deal possible for the team. I, I don't think that's the case at all. Uh, I think that it, it's as simple as seeing the Patriots' uh, success against tight ends over the past two seasons. They they ranked sixth as far as 
fewest yards allowed to the position since 2019, and that's a product of a good good secondary and a good linebacker core. So it, it would have been kind of foolish to try to bang the drum and, and force feed Mike Rusecki and, and against a team that has historically not just succeeded against tight ends, but they've limited him specifically. I don't think he has more than 40 yards, 40, 50 yards against them in any career game against New England. Now, tomorrow was a different story. The Bills were the, I believe, the worst or second worst defense as far as limiting opposing tight ends. Gesicki himself had around 200 receiving yards in two games against Buffalo last year. If he's not part of the game plan this time around, and if he can't go going, get it going this time around, then I think you know you, you start to you start to find the key to unlock the glass for the panic button. I don't think you're hitting it just yet, but you're making plans to because that that's a concern. I don't know if. I don't know if Buffalo has been improved in that regard so much that they should limit a good pass-catching tight end like Kosicki. And uh, it's, it's just long been the weakness of, of, of this Bills D, even as they were turning in top three seasons. They, they always struggled against opposing tight ends. So th- this will be the time to, to figure it out. Uh, but it is, a, it is a deep room. And so I'm, I'm not very surprised to see rotation among the Dolphins tight ends. They still have, uh, they, they drafted Hunter Long in the third round out of Boston College. They still have Seton Carter. They have Shaheen returning from the COVID list uh, the COVID list this year, this uh, week. So there, there are a lot of guys to rotate in with the Siki. It's not like he's like the bell cow of that group. He's just the biggest name. Right, yeah, and, and, I, and I think for the most part, I, I think most people still have a little scar tissue of what he did in that Week 2 matchup against them last year, and, and I think they start to wonder, they say, well, is, is he being phased out in this offense? Is this guy they maybe shouldn't have to worry about as much? To your point, this is a defense that over the last couple of years has really struggled to defend the tight end position. And, and listen, it's it's not the easiest position to, to to cover in the league, especially in the AFC when you're facing guys like Travis Kelsey um, you know, and, and the Bills. They've struggled to cover him and, and come up with schemes to cover him. This is an opportunity, I think, for the Bills to put together a game plan to slow down a tight end I know that will be effective in the short passing game if they allow it. I, I want to switch sides, though, Marcel, and ask you a little bit about this Dolphins defense, which I think will be coming into focus this week. In week two last year, Byron Jones goes down in that first half. Xavier Howard's coming back from offseason injury and surgery. Where do you do? You, uh, how much different are you expecting this week's matchup to look than last than last year's week two matchup to look against the, uh, that defense against yeah. the Bills offense? I mean, for starters, Noah Igbignobi is not going to be covering Stephon Diggs. Uh, as you remember, once Jones went down, that first-round rookie took majority of the snaps opposite of Stephon while, while David Howard stayed on John Brown's side. I don't think that's going to be the case again. Matter of fact, Igbignobi was not even – was a healthy scratch against New England last week. He, he might be you know, in the process of being phased out here in Miami if he doesn't get it turned around. But uh, I, I – like I said, this unit reminds me a lot of that 2019 Bills team. A couple minor differences. I think that uh, a stronger safety or, a, excuse me, a stronger cornerback group with Jones and Howard, um, and while the Bills had a stronger safety group in Poirier and Hyde. But uh, I, I really do like what the Dolphins do at safety. You're not just going to see, you know, you're not just going to see Jason McCourty and Eric Rowe take 70 snaps. They're not, it's not like in Buffalo. They're going to rotate. You're going to see. Javon Holland, and you're going to see Jones. You're going to see like a lot of different combinations and formations with these guys. Uh, they also they're going to send pressure. They run this fourth or three four base, and so the, Josh Allen's going to have to uh, you know he's going to have to deal with people in his face again. It's not 
quite the same as the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's no, you know, superstar rusher on this defense. So, you know, I, I think Emmanuel Agua might be the closest thing to it. They're really hoping that Jalen Phillips puts it together and eventually becomes that. And he, he flashed a bit in week one, but ultimately didn't make too big of an impact. We'll see if he can get that turned around here in week two. But uh, and, and a good deep linebacking core. It, it's just a, it is a defense with, you know, maybe no stars outside of the secondary, outside of Xavier Howard, but a lot of good, talented players, two and three people deep. And, uh, you know, led the league in turnovers last year that, that, you know, relying on taking the ball away, I, I personally feel like it's kind of an unsustainable model for a defense, but they were right after it again this week. I, I mean, rookie or not, Mac Jones plays for the New England Patriots. This is still a Bill Belichick and Josh, uh, I, I cannot, Josh, uh, you know the guy. McDaniels? I'm drawing a blank. McDaniels. My God, I, I was going to say McCarthy. I was like, there's no way that's right. Josh McDaniels led <laughs> offense. It, it is a disciplined team that does not turn the ball over. And Miami forced four fumbles and should have picked the ball off, one or two balls off. So, you know, unsustainable or not, they figured out the model for it. And, uh, you know, if Josh Allen starts to force things, this is the defense that can make them pay for it. Raquan Davis on the IR, Marcel, they're starting nose tackle out of Alabama. What's the level of like concern with his loss up the middle? As you know, in these three, four schemes, a lot in the, particularly in the running game um, is predicated on that nose tackle winning his one-on-one in the middle. Um, obviously they still have Christian Wilkins at that one of those defensive end spots. This is a defensive line that may not be thriced with names. Um, they do play together well as you know, but how much is the loss of Davis going to impact uh, what that team maybe does up front um, and what they're maybe willing to do against Josh Allen? I mean, it's not, it's not great. They, they like Raekwon Davis out here. He's a PFWA all-rookie uh, performer last season. Uh, the loss stinks a bit, and Brian Flores was, was very uh, conservative in establishing expectations for his return. Wouldn't say if he's getting surgery. Wouldn't say if he'd return this season at all. Uh, so I, I don't know if that's just I, – I have to learn – that they figure Flores out. I don't know if that's his coach speak or if there's real concern about his ability to return to the lineup, but they're going to miss him. Uh, in his stead, veteran John Jenkins is going to have to slide in and he's going to have to make that impact. They're not as deep at nose tackle as they are at some of these other positions. So, uh, you know, we'll see if maybe, you know, Devin Singletary had an excellent game against the, against the Steelers. Average, what was it, six yards per carry? We'll see if they try to get that run game going. We'll see if Zach Moss is going to be active and they get that power run between the tackles game going and, uh, and take advantage of, of a little bit of uh, a little bit of a weakness for Miami there in the middle. But uh, no, it definitely, it definitely stings. I don't think uh, it, over their next three games, especially with, uh, with the Raiders, with the Colts and with the Bucks coming up, I, I don't know how much they're going to feel his absence, but they could definitely feel it against the Buffalo offense come Sunday. All right, bro. I appreciate you as always hopping on and talking Dolphins with me. I'll have you on uh, later in the season when uh, when this matchup pops off again. Uh, I already know. Uh, I was watching uh, your your spot on ESPN. I, I know where your your head is in this game. I think I'm with you on it. I think it'll be a close game, but I do think the Bills um, it just it. I think they've they've got a good team for this matchup, so I'm looking forward uh, to the final product tomorrow. Make sure uh, when you meet up with the fellas later, uh, you you give John Scott a birthday shout-out for me because uh, I know it's his birthday today, so enjoy it down there. Make sure you buy him like at least a drink or a chicken sandwich or something. 
I was about to say, uh, there's a chicken sandwich spot nearby that I think we'll be checking out. I got a seltzer for him with his name on it when he gets here. And, uh, yeah, man, as soon as you get a little cold, man, when you reach for that jacket for the first time, reach for your phone and go ahead and book a ticket down here, man. From what I'm told, we don't get winter. No problem. Uh, and I will I'll, I'll fly southwest. That way I can throw the golf clubs on for free, you know? There it is. All right, there my friend. Is. That's thinking smart. Appreciate you, bro. Yeah. See you soon, man. All right, man. Marcel Louis-Jacques, ESPN there, uh, helping me break down this Bills and Dolphins game, of which, of course, you can check out. Our our morning coverage kicks off at 7 a.m. with Breakfast with the Bills fantasy style. Louis DiBiase and Derek Kramer, who is back this year in the saddle for our first um, Bills pregame show of the morning. Then it's Buffalo Bills game day with myself, Nate Geary, and Jeremy White. 10 a.m. countdown to kick off with, once again, myself and Joe DiBiase. Uh, 12.30, we'll pass things over to Murph and uh, Eric Wood and Sal Capaccio. For Bills Dolphins at 1 p.m., then post game show with uh, with Mike Schoep and the Bulldog at 4, then 6 o'clock, the overtime show with me. I, I, I'm going through this lineup and I keep saying me a lot. I'm here all damn day. I also do the halftime show. I don't leave. Good job. I don't leave. Uh, it's okay. I love it that way. Me and Franklin get to hang out. It's fun time. Um, so, yeah, make sure you're listening. And uh, I don't at the moment. Hold on. Hang tight. Hang tight. You're doing great. Uh, I have a quick update from you, for you from UB Stadium. It is still tied going into halftime. There's 28 seconds left in the first half. Coastal Carolina with the ball. Not sure exactly where. Uh, they are on Coastal Carolina's 25-yard line. So this game is going to be tied with the number 16 team in the nation, the Coastal Carolina. Uh, hang tight with me here. Chanticleers? Sh- Shan- Chandeliers. Chandeliers. Um... So yeah, good for UB. Uh, the candelabras. The can the ooh yeah the chupacabras I believe is the is the actual name. Um, so a tied football game, fourteen fourteen. Uh, we've got Paul Hamilton and uh, Sabers roundtable action kicking off in about a half hour here on WGR. In the meantime, we'll play John Clayton, who was on in the afternoon show on Thursday. If you want to tune back and forth, of course, the bet 1520's got the current uh, UB game on if you want to catch any live highlights of that as well. So I'm going to take a timeout. Other side, John Clayton here on WGR. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday. As is tradition, we'll go back to Thursday afternoon. John Clayton was on the afternoon show with Mike Shope and the Bulldog. One of our highlights with football returning, the season starting, is the return of John Clayton to our Thursday lineup. John Clayton with us now on the West Her Hotline. In this case, John, we're talking here for the first time, at least in a while, after the first game. That's just the way it worked out here. But the Bills are 0-1 as we as we hang out here for the first time. That was not the plan, by the way, John. I would imagine not. No, it was not I'm the surprised. plan. I mean, because, again, uh, going into the season, you know, I have the Bills as, like, the second-best team in the AFC. And here they have a home game against Pittsburgh, a team that has a completely new offensive line. And then they lose by 10 points. I mean, to me, it was baffling. Yeah, and, and Pittsburgh really, John, I think, did a, did a job up front. We've been talking a lot about the offensive line problems the Bills had in this game because the Steelers, with all their reputation for blitzing, um, only blitzed one time, and they still generated a crazy amount of pressure on Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, they got T.J. Ward, who's really good, uh, you know, uh, even though you know, they have one injury to uh, a real good starter, uh, step into it, but they, they also have uh, Ingram out there, Melvin Ingram, who picked up, and he did a good job. And their front, their front seven looked really good, and so uh, that, was, that was a key. I thought that uh, one of the interesting things that looked to me like they went a little bit more cover two, and that caused problems for the offense as far as being able to get the passing game downtown. So, John, what does it do to change your view of the overall for the Bills, that loss? Uh, it doesn't change much because, you know, the one thing is is that you knew things were going to be different because of the fact that uh, you had so many teams that didn't play anybody in the preseason, uh, that, uh, it was, that it was just strange all up and down the league, you know, with Tennessee losing big, Green Bay getting destroyed by New Orleans. Uh, you know, he had five in week 13. The way it went is like week one, it was 522 players that did not play. In week two, it was 565 and in week three, it was 560, uh, 591. And so you knew there was going to be some differences. And when you <laughs> have guys that uh, you know go out there, maybe the weather being warm or whatever, you're now playing a three-hour game when you haven't even played a three-minute set in a game. You, know, you knew there was going to be some ups and downs and some difficulties. So I wouldn't overreact, but uh, you know, it, it still – Still looks good. Now it's just a matter of Josh Allen, you know, getting the offense going, and then something has to happen on the offensive line. Well, John, the um, the expectations, of course, as we're talking about here, were very high. What was your, I don't know, perspective on that in the off season? I I know how you're sounding here. Like you feel like it was yeah. deserved. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I thought again, I think that uh, 
you know, it's they're, they're the second best team in the AFC. Obviously, uh, nobody's right now at that Kansas City Chief level. The, the Chiefs right now, and you saw that in Week One, you know, the way they came back and beat the Cleveland Browns. But uh, you know, there's still time to bounce back, and you know, we'll still see where New England is. Miami didn't do too bad. Uh, you know, the division, except for the Jets, looks uh, you know pretty good. But, uh, you know, there's plenty of time to bounce back, and uh, certainly it's a matter that uh, they just, you know, just got to play a better game. Yeah, I think, um, you know, they, 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 they had such an explosive offense last year. I think, John, we, we've spent a lot of time with that, with that explosive offense they had last year. They also had a very similar game with the Steelers last December in the midst of, like, stomping people. They played a what was, a, you know, ended up like a very similar score game. And really there was a defensive touchdown, a Taron Johnson pick six, that you swapped for the block punt that Pittsburgh got this past Sunday. And I think you've got mirror images. So, like, we're, we're at least hopeful, I think, many people are, that it's just a matchup and the Steelers are good on defense. And even in the midst of all of last year's success, the Bills had a tougher time with that Pittsburgh defense than they did most other teams. Yeah, and that's, I think, the thing that happens, you know, particularly when you have existing teams with existing coaches that have been there for some time. You know, sometimes, you know, maybe, you know, Mike Tomlin has an advantage over Sean McDermott. I'm not saying that he outcoached him or anything like that, but, you know, it's set up and the way their team is because, again, their team is reasonably similar each year, and, uh, you know, maybe the way that that defense matches up against the uh, Bills' offense, you know, gives an advantage to the Steelers. I mean, it certainly now looks like that if you include these two games. And so, uh, you know, I guess the key is just don't play the Steelers every year. Yeah, now, if if I wanted to accomplish that, you're one of the first people I'd call. Not only okay. you have a great reputation, <laughs> you know, you know the schedule very well. Is there some way around uh, this matchup? No, I mean, that's just how, how it goes. There were lots of years there where the – You'd want a Bill Steelers game because the proximity of the cities and it just it didn't turn up. But here we are on, on a streak, and that's how that goes. Yeah, and of course, that's, I mean, that's the one thing I guess uh, you can say, particularly knowing that uh, you know, both teams were first-place teams last year, that ultimately they're going to you know, match up because you, know, you, every, you play all the other three division teams, uh, uh, divisionals, you play them once every three years. Yep. But if you finish first place, then you have to play first place against all the other first place teams. And so it's like, uh, I, I guess what you don't want to do is give up first place so you don't play the Steelers. It gave us a Brady versus Manning game pretty much every year there because they were always winning their divisions. So you, uh-huh. you were guaranteed of that. What, by the way, what do you think of how they did it with the extra game? So the Bills are playing the first place team from the NFC East last year, Washington. All the yeah. AFC teams are at home. Again, like I just know this from our talking with you for so many years. Like You love the schedule and you really know it. Would you have done it differently from how the league did it? I would, yeah, because, again, I think the unfair thing, particularly this year, <laughs> is that the AFC is so much better as far as teams than the NFC. And so like, take, a, take, a, take an example of Washington. Okay, so Washington wins the division at 7-9. and nine. All right, so now they're in the NFC East, which has the easiest schedule in football because you have all these losing teams. You know, you have six games against losing teams. And then, you know, like, for example, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, they only have to play five games against uh, teams with 500 or better. Then they've got, uh, you know, the Dallas plays six. 
I think the Giants play seven, and now all of a sudden here's Washington, and they have to come out and they have to play Seattle, they have to play Buffalo, they have to play you know another first place team, and so all of a sudden their schedule is so much tougher than other teams in a division to a point where you kind of wonder, you know, are they going to be able to make it out? And then the other unfair thing I think is the fact that all these NFC teams, which right now aren't as good as the AFC, have to go on the road for that 17th game. Right. So it just it just makes it like it stretches. What does it do? Is it maybe compacts the the league then? If the no, for, I, I think what it does it takes us back to uh, you know, 2004, 2005 when you know you had Tom Brady uh, in New England, you had Peyton Manning. Uh, you have Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. You had Joe, uh, eventually Joe Flacco in 2008. But at that time, you know the AFC had a 44 and uh, 20, 44 and 20 record against the NFC. And then the next year, 2005, it was 40 and 24. And so, you know, I think that you'll see something similar. Now, obviously, there's now uh, you know 80 games as opposed to uh, 40 as far as that goes. But I, I think what you're going to see is a big advantage right now for interconference play for the AFC. Okay. And that's going to that's gonna change the whole dynamic of the playoffs because, I, again, you, you, now you're going to have 10-win teams in the uh, AFC who probably aren't going to make it in. And in the NFC, you may see two or two or three uh, nine-win teams make the playoffs. And last year was pretty much like that, 8-8 eight and eight in the NFC as it happened. Yeah. I'm just thinking more like the, the first-place teams have another game against the first-place teams. And so mm-hmm. like, that's more challenging, but I don't know. I feel like that's maybe the best way they, they could have done it. Your point is AFC versus NFC, which I really hadn't thought too much about. Okay, no, nobody listening is thinking about this at all, so let's, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, or weren't, anyway. The, the Dolphins. The Bills get the Dolphins here in week two. That's a nice win for them in the first week. It, it seems like the kind of game they won a few of last year where a, a late turnover decided it, and maybe they weren't that impressive. No, I would agree. I mean, again, it's like uh, <laughs> they're still going to be up and down with Tua because <clears throat> I think Tua is going to be fine. I, mean, I thought he played well in week one, but it's not like they have a dynamic offense that's going to score a lot of points. And so because of that, they have to rely on their defense. They have to rely on making key stops on their defense and getting key turnovers in their defense and try to win those close games. So it's like uh, you would anticipate in this case it's going to be a close game because, again, that's the way that they play. <clears throat> but, again, it's, and then you look at their running game. I don't know if you really say they have a good running back. that uh, you know, Miles Gaskin is <clears throat> okay, but is he really good enough? And then they've had issues at the wide receiver position. Uh, that that uh, <clears throat> that's got to be a concern. We don't know what's going on with Will Fuller. So, and then offensive line wise, still a little shaky. More from NFL insider John Clayton when we return. You're listening to Sports Talk Saturday right here on WGR. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to our final segment of this beautiful Saturday afternoon. If you're not outside enjoying the weather and sitting inside and listening to us, we really appreciate it. We've got more from John Clayton, who was on the afternoon show with Mike Chopin, the Bulldog, on Thursday. Well, what did you think of Mac Jones, John? I thought he looked good. I thought he looked really good. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it's one where in this rookie year it may prevent him and the Patriots from going back to the playoffs. They may finish a, a game or two short. But, I mean, he, at least the way that he threw the football kind of reminds you a little bit of Tom Brady because unlike uh, Cam Newton, I mean, he's throwing it in the middle of the field. He's, you know, go, doing good on down and distance plays and all those different things i thought he was very effective speaking of brady did you happen to see that game last week john the yeah, buccaneers in dallas did you see that yeah. <laughs> are you going to games this year or no well yes and no i mean uh like for example for the first three weeks uh we're not allowed to travel on the road so like for example i did not go to the indianapolis game i had to do the sidelines from home and then uh the minnesota game next week uh, not going to go to that, not going to go to San Francisco. But here's the weird one. It's like I have gone to the home games, but right now I'm debating whether to go to the Tennessee home game coming up on Sunday. And the reason being, it's going to be pouring rain. And my big concern is being out there, you know, uh, you know, for four hours in the pouring rain. And, again, it's not, this isn't like it's a, a, a normal September you know, rain game. I mean, this is, this is one where they're talking thunderstorms, they're talking uh, heavy rains. It's going to start tomorrow. Hmm. A real bad system is going to be here for three days. See, I'm thinking of staying home and working from home, so I don't bring any. You know, come home and get you know a cold and bring it for Pat. Right. Well, that's that's interesting. Tennessee at Seattle this week. Look for uh, look for bad weather. Well, Brady was great. I mean, that was that could probably hold as one of the best games of the year. Uh, that mm-hmm. Dallas Tampa game, the first night of the season. Uh, what were your takeaways there? I mean, the Bucks looked great on offense, right? Gronkowski right. looked young again, and Brady just never seems to age. Antonio Brown also for this. Mm-hmm. And the Cowboys with 58 passes, was it? I mean, they hung in there despite getting very little out of Elliott. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't understand all the passing that they did. Now, again, what you wonder about, because it was so hot and humid, is that they took the tack instead of trying to do a running game, they're just going to try to pass the ball and all that. And so that, that was a little unusual because, again, you don't see a game normally where you're going to have over 100 passes thrown. I think Dak threw 55 and, what was it, 51, 52 for Brady. And, you know, that's way too much, I think. But uh, it was a fascinating game because it was back and forth. I mean, <clears throat> the, the big thing for Dak is he gave 124 to Tom Brady to be able to have the time to come back and uh, get the game-winning field goal. So I thought that was great. And I think we really we saw a lot of – I mean, there were so many close games overall. I mean, more than eight that were decided by uh, one possession or less. I mean, you know, that Monday night game between with the Raiders, I thought that was really good. I thought that certainly Kansas City-Cleveland was real good. But there was a lot of comebacks and a lot of real close games that I thought uh, really made it a very entertaining week one. John Clayton with us on the West Her Hotline. It was not a good week one for Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. What do you think happened there? I just, 
I mean, part of it was the fact that they didn't play anybody in the preseason, and they probably were affected more than any other team. But I I just wonder if there's a disinterest on the team right now uh, with Aaron Rodgers and maybe – there's definitely internal problems. I think that's pretty evident. Now, again, I I kind of ignored it for this week coming up because they play Detroit, and Detroit's terrible, so they should be able to win that Monday night game. But, you know, thereafter you kind of wonder, okay, where is this team mentally – because mentally, they just they they checked out. They weren't in, involved with it at all. John Clayton there from his his weekly, by the way, weekly appearance on the afternoon show with Mike Schopen, the Bulldog. You can if you missed any of our guests today. Big thanks and shout out to all of our guests, including Paul Hamilton, uh, Zach Sheldon, uh, maniac over at Trainwreck Sports, to Joe Marino of Locked On Bills, Matt Perino of New York Upstate, and ESPN's Marcel Louis Jacques. If you missed any of those interviews, want to go back and listen to it. Just so, you could do it through the Odyssey app. You can do uh, right through WGR550.com in the on-demand audio portal um check us out there uh, under sports talk saturday we'll have all that sound posted um for you to listen back to i will be back early first thing in the morning tomorrow for buffalo bills pregame and buffalo bills game day with jeremy white starting at eight then i'll take over the uh the countdown to kickoff with joe dibiase starting at 10 and then kickoff at 1 p.m i'll be back for halftime and postgame for the overtime show starting at 6 p.m all day tomorrow on the home of the Bills, WGR Sports Radio 550. I'm Nate Geary. That's Corey Griswold. We appreciate you listening this afternoon for Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.